1: Welcome, everybody, to the Hammer and Rails podcast. I'm your host, Andrew Ledman. How about them number one
0: boilers?
1: <laughs> and that voice is Casey Bartley. You can tell he's a little excited. Uh, so, obviously, we are going to talk about basketball. We're going to talk about volleyball. We're going to talk about football. The bowl game destination was announced today. But before we get started, Casey, you know I like to ask you questions. and This one is more of a call-out than a question, I guess. Oh, so, no. if you'll remember... Um, two podcasts ago, we also thought there was a chance that Purdue could be number one, uh, due to Gonzaga losing. And there was a question of, do rankings matter? And I believe you were of the opinion that they don't matter. Um, Mm -hmm. but I, I saw a brief, uh, discussion from Matt Painter, uh, and he was talking about how important the rankings are to the program and to, you know, the players and to the fans. And I noticed that you tweeted, uh, How important it must be if Matt Painter is not brushing it off. I don't have the exact tweet in front of me, but basically my question is, are you willing to say that you were wrong and I was right? Or are you going to say that Matt Painter is uh, you're smarter than Matt Painter?
2: rankings don't matter being ranked first matters
1: oh bull (laughs) this is this is a travesty what is going on in
2: general the rankings don't matter but but there's something cool about being number one there's something about your program being number and now we can say it now we can act like we've been there because we've been there in theory as long as monday goes yeah so Uh, yeah it's cool this matters this moment matters it's going to be very cool uh it's definitely not negative I still think the rankings are stupid. I still, in large part, they don't matter. But it matters when you've been this successful and you've never gotten there before. Yeah. And I think it matters. It matters because we know it's not fluky. Yeah, yeah. We know we're not just number one because we happen to get lucky. For the first time in my lifetime that I can remember, we have a team that feels like they are or potentially the best team in the country.
1: Yeah, it's, just, it's a strange feeling. It's It's unnatural to me.
2: Because even... You know, we went to the Elite 8, should have won. Ugh. Would have played an Auburn team that just lost their best player, had a chance to win a national title, but at no point during that I think we ever felt like
1: No. And you can, by the way, you I know this is a tangent, but you cannot convince me that if Purdue wins that Elite 8 game, you can't convince me we don't win the national title that year.
2: Right. That's totally fair. Everything everything broke out perfect yeah,
1: for Virginia. Uh,
2: and it would have broke out perfect for us. So that that's a heartbeat or a heart. So still it,
1: Yeah, so I bring this up because I I was looking at some interviews Painter did over the weekend, and here's one quote. This is from uh, The Jason Smith Show with Mike Harmon, which is just a weird name for a show. Is it the two – is Jason Smith and Mike Harmon? Are they the hosts? I don't know. Just very weird. Um, But he says, obviously the feeling of being number one is new to us, but we know how quickly things can turn. Everyone is going to give us their best game from here on out, so it's important for us to stay grounded. We want to be able to be one of the best teams come March, and we've beat some great teams so far this season. But I'm extremely happy for our players. It's great for them more than anything. And – I think that was kind of one thing I was trying to emphasize a week ago when we talked about this is, yes, you know, you are right to a point that the rankings are arbitrary and silly and being ranked number one right now doesn't (laughs) – you are the editor, so this could be the end of the podcast for all I know. Uh, I mean it doesn't really mean anything in the grand scheme of things of how this season is going to turn out, but – it matters to the players because they can say, I was on the number one ranked team. We were the best team in the country. And, I mean, that's got to be cool to say. And it is great for the fans to be able to, like you said, kind of get the monkey off the back. This will be the first time, uh, again, assuming Monday comes and, and everything goes according to the plan, that this will be the first time Purdue's ever been ranked number one. And it'll be one more thing we can put to the side and get that pressure out of the way. Because there there have been times in the past where, The pressure, I think, of the moment has gotten to Purdue, and if you're ranked number one in December, maybe you live with that and get used to that, and you understand the pressure by the time you get to March, if you know they're still top five ranking at the time, which I think we both believe that they will be.
2: Yeah, I think it's really cool and really important that we have three guys playing major men, three of our biggest caught two of them particularly who were there for the Virginia, they were on the floor they played they were around this program they know what it means to get that close they watched a team handle and how they were able to still succeed with it and how they still fell short so they they are equipped with all the experience they needed all all that they need going forward. these guys have been around they've made the program their own now and we just keep seeing the cycle, you know, for the last about 10 years, you got to, you have this big, you know, recruiting class coming at the same time and you watch them build on what, what the class book. And I think we're a little short-sighted not to give Trey, Sasha, Hunter, Trey, especially Sasha, the way they've been playing. We need to start, you know, thinking of them a little bit more. Like we think about the baby boilers. This is a class of players that are bringing the Purdue program to Heights literally on Monday. That they've never been before.
1: Yeah. So, uh, I mean, we are all very excited. Um, it'll be the second week in a row now. We're waiting and watching for the rankings to come out, hoping that Purdue gets their due and winds up number one. But uh, I just wanted to give you a little bit of craft because I thought it was funny that you tweeted um, that you know if you can, if Painter is talking about it, you can tell it means something. I did it for the interactions. Yeah, he didn't. (laughs) That's everything Casey does on Twitter. (laughs) Nothing is genuine. He does it all for the clout and all for the interactions. He's just trying to monetize everything out there. You can't believe a word he says. Um, So I kind of wanted to just call you out. uh, Made me feel good that you basically admitted I was right, albeit a week later. So um, we will we will leave it there. um, And we wanted to touch on a couple uh, bits of news before we got into the bulk of the podcast, which is going to be on uh, Purdue basketball versus Iowa, and then a brief look at the the next uh, run of the schedule to see how it goes. Um, first, we wanted to mention the Purdue bowl game uh opponent was announced tonight Purdue is going to the Music City Bowl in Nashville, Tennessee and we are playing Tennessee. So basically a home game for Tennessee. Purdue is listed as the road game or as the away team because of the way that the, you know the bowl system operates. The two conferences rotate year in and year out who's listed as home, who's listed as away. So conveniently uh for Tennessee, they are the home game or they're the home team in a game in their home state. So works out well for them. We're not going to go too in depth on Tennessee, but I did take a look at them today as I was writing the story on the website. And uh, Casey, uh, you normally ask me the questions about percentages and uh, statistics, but I've got one for you. Do it. I'm going to go higher or lower. Uh, Do you think the Tennessee quarterback is above or below 65% completion percentage? Oh, below. Oh, you would be wrong. Above 69%. um, We've not faced that. Exactly. Exactly. Is he above or below five interceptions? I'm going to go above. Below only three. He's played all year. Um, I don't have that in front of me, but I mean, it looks, it looks that way. I mean, he's got 261 attempts, which granted not a lot. Um, but the next highest quarterback only has 62. So he's clearly been the number one guy, uh, the entire season. Um, now, touchdown passes, over 20 or under 20? I'm
2: going to go over three and go
1: under. You did go over three because he has 26. Those are good stats. Yeah, that's good stats. So he's 69% on the season with 26 touchdowns versus just three interceptions. Now, notably, he has been sacked 34 times. Ooh, that's not correct. No, but I assume part of that is because he runs the ball quite frequently. Uh, if it's run name, play,
2: they don't count it.
1: Well, but do, I'm wondering, though, no, if they, they count don't. it as if, Oh, fine. Screw you. <laughs> I'm just wondering though, how many plays of theirs break down, and he winds up having to run, and they prob they count those as sacks because it's a broken play. Um, so I don't know much about their offensive line, but their quarterback, his name is Hendon Hooker, which is just a fantastic that name. Is a great name. Uh, is also their second leading rusher. He's got 561 That's, yards. I on knew the he was
2: sc- athletic.
1: Yeah, so he he gives me a lot of concern. Because Purdue has struggled with athletic quarterbacks, and he doesn't seem to uh, you know, throw many interceptions, only three on the year. So that is a concern for me. I'm, I'm going to dig in more uh, to them before we get to the bowl game, of course, to uh, see how worried I should be, but... Just those numbers jump out at me as, as pretty intimidating.
2: The most important part about all this is we now know the date and time of the game. Yes. Which is December thirtieth, three PM. Three
1: PM. Three p.m. I was really Eastern.
2: hoping for an evening game. Now I like the
1: white why would you be hoping for an evening game? Is there anything in particular?
2: I'm going to have a damn
1: Waffle House.
2: And the whole idea was that I go about 12 hours before a gets. That would put me at roughly 3 a.m. So do I do that and make myself miserable just to start off? Or do I aim for like 5 a.m. and then put the pressure on to get it done? in? Me?
1: Oh, man. I, I, ooh.
2: I tried to so Google what's the fastest anyone's done the Waffle House challenge. Anything.
1: Maybe Anything worthwhile?
2: Couldn't come up with
1: anything. Okay. Everything I
2: saw was like 14 hours. Like, I'm wondering, should we call Guinness? Get a, get a world <laughs> record not, for Waffle I'm House sh- Challenge?
1: I'm not sure they're interested in these kind of world records. But let me ask you this.
2: Plus, Joey Chestnut could just go in and, like, finish. And
1: oh, yeah. He'd, he'd just be out. Right. Um, Let me ask you this. How far away is the closest Waffle House to you, t- time-wise? Five minutes. Five minutes. Okay. I'm in the South. I'm, well, like, yeah, for see, those who what I don't ask. know, I'm in, I mean,
2: I'm in South Carolina. It's gorgeous. The weather's nice. There are... Three waffle houses within ten minutes.
1: Yeah, I mean I assumed if you stood on your roof you could see like four waffle houses, one in each direction. I would probably fall down first. <laughs> so so that is the question you've got to answer for yourself. What is going to be uh not worse? I mean it's all gonna be bad. There's no good situation for you here, but if I if it was me, I think I would be there at three AM because I think that way you're going to go in there when it's not busy. Initially, you're not going to hit the breakfast people. You're going to hit the the hungover drunk people. Um, it's also when, a Thursday. Well, let's be honest. There's going to be hungover drunk people in Waffle House every day of the week. Probably. So I would go in there at three. You knock it knock it out like the first few hours. You just gorge yourself on everything that you can.
2: Do you think I can and finish in time to take a nap?
1: I think you might be able to. I mean I think if given the, the pressure and knowing that you have to get out, I think you'll be able to eat more than you think you will. And you're – I mean you're going to feel miserable at the end of the yeah. day no matter what. So you just got to realize that and kind of keep pushing through. I do I do have the bodily
2: girth that if you watch me like walk into a Waffle House, you're like, he's built for this. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: Well,
0: there
2: you, so, there you go. <laughs> five-star Waffle House athlete. Yeah.
1: he's a big-name recruit. They're really hoping to get him. They're hoping to get him on the early signing day. They they're worried about IHOP trying to poach him.
2: So, uh, yeah, that's, that's something I now have to prepare for. Uh, it's likely I'll be in Indiana the whole week prior, so it'll probably be the day after I get back too. Um,
1: yeah. Well, I mean, at least it's at least it's not like you're getting back in late and then you have to go there in the morning. So at least you get one day. Except it might be. Oh. Yeah, yeah, you, you really got to get the plan. So now,
2: now I'm thinking, sorry, Mom. No, yeah, I'm definitely coming back the 29th. So it's going to be, my mother bought Newfield's tickets for the 28th. So I got to be there all day the 28th.
1: Bought what tickets?
2: Uh, Newfield Museum down oh, in Indianapolis. Oh. Newsfield
1: whatever I, yeah. I i in my head culture I like, yeah i don't know culture
2: culture so that means yeah i'm gonna be getting in sometime wednesday
1: and you never feel Ooh. good
2: about being in a car all day and
1: i'm, so I'm you definitely are, gonna be you in are driving shape. you are driving correct we got okay. three
2: dogs transport
1: oh my Let me, i'm worried i'm i'm getting a little worried for I'm you worried too.
2: that i'm looking at the calendar now and i am cons-
1: you know the bowl game here whoever picked these really Not screwed helping me out over. yeah really
2: 31st would have been great
1: yeah so uh, we will obviously keep you all updated when we get firm details.
2: Do I just uh, say, fuck it, and as soon as I get back in town,
1: just go, go right to a to house? Waffle House? Drop the dogs off and then head right yeah, in. Yeah, there's
2: nothing like being stuck in a car and then being stuck in a Waffle House. Like a combined 24 hours.
1: I mean, I would at least want to take a shower before I went. Because, I mean, it's not like There's a Waffle no House. Listen, listen. It's not like a Waffle House is a fine establishment. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying after being in a You're smell like ca- a Waffle House. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm saying after being in a car all day from Indiana to your place, I would want to shower because I would feel awful. Yeah,
2: okay, I'm going to want to die. Either way. this Yeah, I'm just going to – we're going to have to leave – at the butt crack of dawn on the 29th, try to get here at like seven o'clock and just going to bed, babe. You got the dogs for the next day.
1: <laughs> next day. So wait, that, that begs another question. What does the girlfriend think of this situation? Does she know of it? And what has she said?
2: I mean, she knows of it. Um, I don't think she's fully like comprehended the mass chaos that's going to be happening to my body and that she's going to have to be there for the aftermath. Right. I don't think it's totally. After a okay. week, after a week of vacation and meeting my family for the first time, this is going to be, this is going to be a day. Yeah, we'll see. Day.
1: Yeah. If, uh, if she survives the next, you know, month, you, you might have to buy a ring because yeah, be yeah she's, she's yeah. gone through
2: it. I might, I might recommend she takes the dogs to her plan on the 30th and <laughs> yeah. just, uh, you know what? I'll see you New Year's Eve. Yeah. Right?
1: See you in a day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> It's fine. I think that's probably your best course of action. So yeah. uh there we go. Uh that's that's all we had got on football and all we've got on the Waffle House Challenge. We will keep that up uh as the as we get closer to uh game day. So there is of course one other bit of news before we get into basketball. The Purdue volleyball team competed in the first and second rounds of the NCAA uh women's volleyball tournament. How
2: about them boilers?
1: Exactly. Uh and if you know anything about Purdue Twitter or any of the coaches, you know that that means it went well. Uh, Purdue swept their first opponent, and then their second opponent was Dayton, and oh my gosh, did they put a scare in the Boilermakers. It was uh, pretty wild to start. Purdue lost the first two sets, and for those who don't know much about volleyball, it is the best of five sets. You have to win three to advance. And Purdue lost the first two sets, and it was uh, it was crunch time. And then, Casey, what happened after they lost those first two sets?
2: Well, it would be good to know that uh, they had a lead game point 24-21 in the first set. Blew it. Uh, gave it up, I think, 27-25. And then the second set, they just got stomped. It wasn't even close. Purdue didn't look like they had any answer. From there on out purdue dominant uh it wasn't close dayton had no response to anything pretty much all three sets purdue went up big early and just kept extending complete domination once they kind of got their ke- teeth kicked in the first two
1: yeah i mean it, it was crazy because like you said uh, set one it was 27 25 dayton ultimately won second set 25 19 uh, Dayton won again. It really wasn't that close. And then in the third third set, I don't know what Coach Shondell said or did uh, to this team, but they just absolutely turned it on. Twenty five, fifteen in set three. Set four was an astounding twenty five to six. Um, and for, it wasn't for even those, that close. No. For and for those that. For, again, for those that don't watch college volleyball, this is not like the volleyball you might have played when you were, like, in elementary school where it was side out and then a point. It's not like if I make an error, you don't get a point. In college <laughs> volleyball, if I make an error and hit the net or, you know, hit it out of bounds, you get a point. So that means Dayton, combined with the Purdue errors, could only muster six points in the fourth set. I mean, that is astounding. I think – Uh, If I remember correctly on Twitter, they said that was the largest margin of victory uh, for Purdue Volleyball. It tied the largest margin of victory um, in a set. So, I mean, that is just wild. In a round of 32. Yeah. And then in the fifth set, of course, in the fifth set, it's a little different. You only play to 15 instead of 25, uh, but Purdue won 15 to 5. So, in the final two sets, Dayton could only muster 11 points.
2: Yeah. You watch the game and produced you tall, everyone's tall and they're good. Hit the ball very very hard. I don't know volleyball that well. I can't break it down much more than that. It just I don't know what the response was to the way they play. The way they played, oh, that. to
1: just yeah, I mean they just they they turned everything around just 180. Um I mean, I I bet part of it is was just the shock of having a set point in set 1 and then seeing it all crumble away. Um, and then maybe set two was just the shock of that wearing on them, and then they just kind of had to snap out of it, and then sets three, four, and five were more really what they're capable of, so it, it was just, I mean, it was quite a turnaround, and kudos to the team and kudos to Coach Shondell and his staff for for whatever they did to turn around to get Purdue into the Sweet 16 yet again. Um, I believe the, these next matches are going to be at Pitt because Pitt is the highest remaining seed in their part of the bracket. So uh, we will have hopefully some more recaps of, of how the team does, and hopefully we can see them advance to the Final Four and beyond uh, for the remainder of the tournament. So that is going to do it uh, for this section. We're going to take a break. We're going to come back. We're going to talk about the Purdue victory over the Iowa Hawkeyes. All right, and we are back, and we are here to talk about Purdue's 77 to 70 victory over the Iowa Hawkeyes to open Big Ten season. That sits Purdue at one and zero in the conference, and uh, Iowa now falls to zero one. So sorry for them. How unfortunate. And once again, ESPN autoplay ads have ruined my life. Um, <laughs> but anyway, Hawkeyes uh, down. Yes, Hawkeye down. So uh, Casey. I know we had different experiences watching this game. Uh, Even my son, I unfortunately, it live. yes, my son unfortunately had a little trouble going to sleep. Uh, so my wife and I had to put him in the car, and we took a drive. Oh no!
2: Uh, and, Your yeah, wife took didn't a... take one for the team.
1: No, she did not. <laughs> uh, so we, we we put him in the car. We took a drive, uh, and then cars we, drive we...
2: with just one person.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Listen, are you trying to get me in trouble here? What are you doing? What are you doing? So we we took him on a drive. He went around. We finally got him to sleep, came in, put him to bed. Then I had to go to CVS to pick up something for him. Got it. And then, you know, finally I started watching the game at like 1030 or 1045. It sounds like you should have went on your own. Yeah, that's what I should have (laughs) done. Although she's you know, she's very bad about if she's watching a game or like is getting updates on her phone for a game I'm recording. Like if we're out somewhere, she has a very, she has a very bad habit of like showing her emotions or (laughs) saying, like saying something. And I'm like, what, just, what are you doing to me? So that would have been probably just as bad, if not worse. So, uh, so you watched it live. Um, I took notes on my phone since I didn't have to tweet from the, uh, page account, but Casey, what was your initial impression uh, of the game? Jay
2: and is a lot of fun. Yes. Um, I I think it's really interesting to see how these teams are attacking our big men and keeping them away from the ball. The number one priority that we're going to see from defenses. I was concerned this is our first Big Ten game. Generally, you know, Big Ten officials are familiar with our teams, kind of know what to look for. They really let Iowa get away with a lot. Uh, just grabbing all our guys throughout their, especially I thought they were able to get, get away with murder against inside before he got the ball. I I am concerned about that going forward, just because even if you are that big, if your arms getting hit, you know, if you're just getting brutalized, it's going to be hard to get it. But despite that, you know, we played better than Iowa in the game. And then the press.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And, but I mean, before you get too deep into that, I do want to point out, I mean, this was probably Zach Eadie's worst game of the season. Um, a lot of that could have could have been, you know, the beating he kind of took down low, but he wound up with just six points, uh, still had seven rebounds, but three turnovers. Um, he never really got comfortable out there. And, you know, Williams, yeah, only four shots. Williams didn't have a great game offensively either. Um, only four of 12 from the field. Uh, he was one of one from three, which was very fascinating to see. Um, I don't expect he's going to shoot many of those, but... Um, he also was only 50% at the line, four for eight, uh, wound up with 13. So combined our big men had 19, uh, but they wound up with 25 rebounds. Thanks to, um, Trevion setting a Purdue record for 17 defensive rebounds in a game. Um, so did you say decent? decent. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, things were going okay. Uh, and then as you said, there seemed to have been a press that Iowa put on. And then things began to fall apart. Purdue was up by as many as 19. uh, And then in the second half, Iowa just kind of chipped away and chipped away and never really uh, went away. And Purdue fans were probably never really comfortable.
2: No, because we've seen this exact script happen before. Uh, I I think one thing of of note is Isaiah Thompson kind of got triple teamed and then got high load to where he landed real bad on that upper buttocks right hip area yeah, i, could, lower I back. couldn't tell if
1: it was the back or the hip really and it,
2: it looked bad you could tell he was hobbled we pretty much he came out a couple times but like, he didn't have it couldn't could barely move
1: yeah he didn't look the same
2: and that's not what you want when you're playing against an aggressive unique press their press is pretty much they're on the ball pressuring and then they hang two guys back one on each side and as soon as you commit to one side they're trapping you and they do it well they do it aggressively and it's the exact thing that happened to us, what was it, five years ago, six ago? Well,
1: seven years ago, eight years ago, nine years Pretty much every season this happens to us at least once, I feel like. Yeah,
2: and I, I think the thing that's most concerning is that we have seen it before. We're going to have to have some conversations that are tough about it. Air-
1: yeah, so I wrote that down. Like I said, I was not watching the game live, but so since I did not have to tweet, I was taking notes. Um, I want to talk about my frivolous notes first okay. and see if you agree. Um, Williams came out with a headband.
2: I'm going to grade. Uh, I'm going to grade your note. Okay. Him.
1: Um, do you want me to go over every note? Because No, my... no, no. Okay. Just the entrance. Okay. okay. Don't bore so, me. Good. Good. So Williams came out with a headband. Uh, are we pro or, or, uh, con of the headband? A plus. Okay. All right. I thought it was good too. Um, uh-huh. new hairstyle for him. Uh, hopefully maybe he's got a new attitude. Maybe it's just all defensive rebounding now. That'd be great. Um, would love to see that. Uh, they showed the Cliz tribute on TV. I thought that was perfect. Leaving the seat open for him with the microphone there, hanging the banner for him. Love uh the Kliz Cliz bobbleheads that they gave out that that actually you know, they talk. Um I thought all of that was I just perfect. Them. Oh, I if want anyone one. Anyone wants too. to
2: send one to me or Ledman? Yes. Let uh, us know. We'll let you on the bot You can I'll, have all paper
1: shipping and handling, whatever you uh, yeah, my brother and my dad were at the game and they each got one. Um and they they look really cool so uh, I'm really happy that they got that you know um you know the Cliz was such a big part of my Purdue fandom growing up and I it, job you know, it, shadowed him in high school oh that would have been so cool
2: yeah when he was on Wazy in the morning I-
1: yeah that would that would have just been a blast I mean it, it's so unfortunate that Purdue couldn't get that Final Four for him a couple years ago. Um, because you know he'd been sick for a little while, and and we knew what was going on, and we just couldn't pull it out. So to see the the clip tribute on TV was pretty great. I appreciate that that Big Ten Network showed that. Um, that that made me feel pretty good. That was a nice heartfelt tribute. Um, so going on, I uh, for my again for my frivolous notes. Um, I thought um Thompson's purple shoes very nice. I don't know if you noticed that. Oh, see C-. mine. Oh, dude, I loved those shoes. They look like, nice. Didn't love the shoe. I, um,
2: I, I I, don't mind colorful shoes, but I think you got to – there's got to be some draw to the black and gold, and they just – yeah, they just didn't do it for
1: me. That's fine. That's fine. Uh, different strokes for different folks. I thought they were cool. Awesome. Um, I, I liked – there was a sign in the crowd. Somebody was holding that just said, we have better corn. I thought uh, that a was plus. a pretty good sign. A plus.
2: Just great. <laughs>
1: it's like you're really hitting Iowa where it hurts right there. Mm-hmm. Um. And I loved, after Ivy got the uh, breakaway dunk, I wrote at around 9.51 left in the game.
2: Please his, be the announcing
1: Oh, well, no. That, I mean, that was good, too. But I said, I need that Ivy flex and let's go as a gif immediately because I want to use that uh, on the Twitter account as much as possible. I can't remember. What was what was the exact call?
2: Oh, it was just, oh, it was beautiful. So it happened, like, right after the ball was dipped and the announcer just goes, Ivy. And then the, he grabs the ball, Ivy. And then Ivy as he's <laughs> elevating up. It was amazing. All right, that's good.
1: That's good. Uh, those, are, those are the only frivolous notes I have. The rest are actually game-related. So, okay. So, okay. Eric Hunter Jr. Uh, I have numerous notes about him.
2: Oh, do you know what the Ivy thing reminded me of? It, you know that Vince McMahon meme? Yeah. Where he gets, like, further, further back oh, and riles in yeah. his chairs? And yeah. just like, Ivy, <laughs> Ivy, <laughs> Ivy!
1: <laughs> that's, that's perfect use of that. You're going to have to make that and then tweet that out. At some point during the season. Fan. I, it's not that hard, my man. Okay. Um, so I, I thought the first half was ugly as far as offense on both ends. Neither team could get into any any rhythm. But, um, you know, you mentioned Eric Hunter. I mentioned Eric Hunter. Um, what was he doing in this game? No um, idea. My, my notes include questions of what is Hunter doing on offense? He had back-to-back turnovers uh, in the first half, followed by a bad pass. That almost caused a turnover. So that was three possessions in a row. Um, Hunter did hit hit a a uh, three in the second half. That was immediately followed by a Trevia that Trevion Williams three to put Purdue up fifty to thirty six. But I mean, there were, like again in the second half, he had a period where two possessions, two turnovers. Uh, he was, I wrote poor ball handling, poor passing, bad decision making. Um, why is Hunter in this game? <laughs> um, and I mean, I'm not trying to I'm not trying to be rude. I'm not trying to be mean, but he he looked absolutely lost at times. I know people will come at us and say, you know, he played great on defense, but I just don't know that I can see the same because, yes, he has a reputation as a good perimeter defender, and he may have been playing some decent defense out there, but I don't think what he did on defense can make up for the liability that he was handling the ball on the offensive end
2: there was a play in the midst of chaos and hunter does a crossover gets a step on the and then does another crossover back and takes a step back this is before he got to have cool. that is yes, just a player who that. has no confidence Wait. or feel for what he's doing uh-
1: I remember yelling because Purdue had already had a 10 second violation in the game. And I was like, go,
2: go. He beat this man, had the crossover, nice move, and then went right back to it the other way and took a step back, which he constantly did against the press, go backward. You can't do that. You're giving them time to trap you.
1: If anything,
2: you have to get that half step and then go forward. Worst thing that happens, they're bringing an extra guy. You know you have someone open down court. So even if the worst thing that happens, turn the ball over down there by trying to make that pass. Yeah. Don't turn it over by going backward. There's nothing good behind you. No, no. And it's just a fundamental breakdown. I don't know where his confidence is right now because he looks shook on the I. It feels like he knows he doesn't do anything well on offense, and he plays like it. And I don't know how you fix that. I. I... At this point, I want to see less Hunter, and I want to see more Morton. No. Morton only played nine minutes.
1: Yeah, and that, I, think have done the second, worse. Yeah, I think it's the second game in a row Morton's played nine minutes. Uh but I mean in the nine minutes, Good. Uh, so Good so Morton had not, Morton had nine, Eric Hunter Jr. had twenty-four. Let's look at just look at the stats. Hunter had one rebound, Morton had zero. Uh, they both had two assists. Hunter had four turnovers, Morton had zero. Morton had three points, Hunter had four. So, you know, their stats aren't that much different. And Morton, I think, is better simply because he did not turn the ball over four times. It just uh, feels that,
2: different when he's on the court, especially compared to Hunter. There is a uh, synergy that happens. The ball move. People in right places. Everything's just more dangerous right now. Yeah,
1: and, and, and I've just been really impressed with the way Morton takes care of the ball. Um, and, and he seems to handle it well also. um, I would be okay with Morton taking the ball up against the press because I feel like he's going to make the right decision. I I do wonder, like you said, with Hunter, if it's a confidence issue because he's not getting the minutes, he's not getting the uh, kind of the play that he was last year. His role has diminished a bit, and sometimes, I mean, we've talked about this on the podcast before, sometimes for these guys, because they're all, they were all big names in high school, they've all had their time in college where they've been the star. I, I wonder how much that takes a toll on him mentally, and if he can, if he's, you know, struggling with that change, uh, as I'm sure it's it's quite difficult to handle.
2: That's fair. Um, some of it also has to go on Coach Painter. He still doesn't have a counter. To I, I
1: what do you what do you mean by that?
2: To press, like Hunter oh, struggled okay. most I, I, against the press. That's why we're talking about it. because of how he performed bringing the ball up the court. He also had to bring up the ball. You know, one on one, there wasn't really any escape valves brought up. I don't know why we didn't go to Ivy, who's more explosive. And once he beats his guy, he's going to beat two more. That seemed like something that I would have – that like an obvious fix. is Get the ball in the hand of the one guy who can single-handedly beat a whole team.
1: Yeah. this makes yeah. sense? Yeah, and Painter, Painter said after the game, you know, sometimes you learn things when you lose um, and you get better from it. And he, he – I mean I'm paraphrasing, of course, because I don't have it in front of me. But he said – you know, I, I it was a good thing we didn't lose today, but I thought we learned and we can go forward from this. So I get that it's maybe a different look than Purdue has seen this year, but through 17 years at Purdue, Matt Painter has struggled with the press, you know, the entire time. And um,
2: normally the excuse is we don't have the guard that can beat it, right? Right, right. We got Ivy. Let him try. Yes. He, yeah. he he did make the one bad long pass, obviously. I, I would still rather see that than a 10 second bite,
1: Yeah. At least he's trying to be aggressive. A 10-second violation is just maddening.
2: Yeah, because you're not – even if you barely get it across nine seconds in, that's not going to stop a team from running the press. Ivy beating it three times for easy baskets, even if he turns it over three times, that might.
1: Yeah, yeah, you you have to figure out – you have to figure out how to beat a press, and it's not as if Iowa is known for their defense. So if Purdue faces a team, they are later known on, for their press. Well, I mean, yes, press. but I mean, but it's not like when when you think of Iowa under Fran McCaffrey, the first thing you don't you think of is think not going to be their the press. I think of you know high scoring offense generally, and Fran McCaffrey having a red face personally. Yeah, stupid red face. Um, but I mean they've done this. Stupid It is a stupid, this, is a stupid
2: face. face. I don't.
1: Uh, I don't know the,
2: any way to sugar because it's a this dumb is,
1: face. This is an Iowa team that's done this to Purdue. Coached by a dumb face. Uh, coached by a dumb face on multiple occasions, You know, including that horrible comeback win uh, a few years back. So you would think this would be something that Purdue would be prepared for, uh, but unfortunately it didn't seem like they were ready uh, to handle it. Because as like as you said, I think giving the ball to Ivy and letting him do what he does would have been a great way to say to Iowa – oh, is this what you want to do? Well, here, do it against this guy.
2: How encouraged are you by the fact that we didn't lose this?
1: I'm very encouraged by this. Personally, I mean, (laughs) to paraphrase the great uh, Dom Toretto from Fast and the Furious, it doesn't matter if you win by an inch or a mile, winning is winning. Uh, And that's what I look at this game. Purdue won the game. This is a game we'd probably lose in the past. Granted, Iowa was out without their leading scorer, but guess what? You play who you play when you play them. So... Purdue could do nothing about that. They still came on the court, played for 40 minutes, and walked away with a victory, and that's all that matters.
2: Yeah, I thought there were a lot of promising stuff because we didn't really play well the whole game and we're still up. We didn't get the easy buckets inside that we're used to for the most part. But, you know, Trevion finds a way to control the game in a bunch of different ways. Rare for a big— Yeah. Jay Nivey was, you know, just explosive, takeover— three minute portions of a game in a way that, you know, hard to quantify because he is such hurricane nature, like a force of nature. And to see him do that is really special. He had some really big moments today. A couple of those drives, NBA scouts who were all there in attendance, just salivating over what he can do in space, what he can do to manufacture space and the way he just creates it inside, despite you know, three or four people in the paint, he manages a way to get good looks at the hoop. And it's rare. And that's the kind of stuff that wins you hard games.
1: Yeah, I mean, there's one drive in particular that, uh, I it was, sorry, it was a fast break, where I think he had Hunter with him, but there were two Iowa defenders and he just split the Iowa defenders and went right to the hoop. Um, he basically said to Hunter, no, no, I'm doing this on my own uh, and just executed it to perfection. Uh, he, he's a just such a special player. And, you know, as good as Carson Edwards was, that is not something that Carson Edwards could have done. Uh, Jaden Ivey is just a, at a different level. Um, you know, they have different skill sets, and Ivey is just quite, you know, he's one of the best drivers we've ever seen.
2: I'd be shocked if he's not a top five pick. Ooh. I'm not going to actually say he's the number one pick. I said that you on said Twitter. That, I said it, it on Twitter because, you know, it's just fun symmetry. Number yeah, one team. There you go. I would be shocked if he's not a top five pick because guards in the NBA can't move. It's you know, rare.
1: I don't follow the NBA as much as you do, so I can't venture a guess as to where he would be picked. Um, I think it would be, it just, I think it would be incredible if he was. I mean, good for him. Uh, I'd love to see it. I think it'd be great for Purdue to get rid of the idea that you know you can't come to Purdue and. Be a playmaker. You can't come to Purdue and be highly drafted because we're a slow, plodding team. Um, Even though it hasn't been that way for a while, I think those reputations kind of stick with players. So to see a guy like Jaden Ivey constantly getting great highlights, if he truly does go top five in the draft, I think that could do something for Purdue's brand. But it's amazing to me we've gone this far in the discussion, and we have not mentioned – probably the offensive hero of the game Mason Gillis really good who would have thought really good you know he made
2: both his three-point attempts made all six free throws but it's the grit and grind play that forcing this, the jump ball just this is exactly
1: exactly the kind of stuff I've been saying he's good at in the offseason previews and during the time when we we're talking about you know he's suspended for the first games when he comes back is he gonna get on the floor is he gonna take uh Caleb first spot And I said, you know, he's a hustle guy. He's going to get those dirty plays. And you're like, yeah, but, you know, you can't really quantify that, blah, blah, blah. Again, you're wrong, and I'm right, and I just want to bask in it.
2: All I said is he's not going to get the starting job.
1: You said a lot more than that. You said a lot more than that.
2: I said he's fine. He's, you know, eighth best player, ninth best player. Today,
1: Today he was better than that. There you go. Uh, so yeah, he was good. 12
2: points. Great. That's way more than you expect from him. Obviously we needed it. I, I do think there's something just to his body type and how strong he plays Yes. against teams like this, especially that want to play rough and hard. He's just, he does have a nose for it. Good to see his jumper fall. Cause it looked yeah. really bad for most of the season <laughs> to this point. Like he was not, there was a what last, last game where he airballed his first two shots.
1: I can't remember which game it was, but those were not pretty shots, yes.
2: So it's good to see him knock down a couple of those. Uh, We talked about last year how his shooting numbers looked decent, but then you broke it down to against quality opponents, and he was shooting like 17% from three. So to see him hit two in a big-time game, great to see. But this is this is how you have a successful season. This is how you win games. You shouldn't. You have someone step up. We play ten deep, and you know our seventh, eighth, ninth guy are capable of having a game like this, turning it around, coming up with plays. That's that's huge. That's a recipe. To not getting upset on nights like that. Yeah. Which is yeah, why and, I'm encouraged that we're going to be holding the number one seed now. Yeah. Ranking.
1: Yeah. And he needed to have that because first did not have his best game on offense. Um, it, only, it only was able to get up two shots. He did grab seven rebounds. But I wrote in my notes... Uh, he was missed wide open by both Edie uh, and Williams in the first half. Um, he was just wide open under the bucket. Neither guy saw him. Um, could have had an easy two on each one of those possessions. And uh, I don't believe Purdue scored on either of those. So it's not like he wasn't doing the work. He was out there, but but guys just weren't finding him. But, you know, as a freshman, you're going to have some ups, ups and downs. And this just wasn't his best game. But. Thankfully, Mason Gillis stepped in and and carried some of that offensive load. So Purdue walks away with a 77 to 770 victory. You know, like we said, they were up 19. Iowa chipped away, got it all the way down to two. I think every Purdue fan probably said, oh, no, here we go again. Uh, but Purdue was able to kind of salt it away. Uh Put it, put it in the victory column, and now we wait for Monday to see if that number one ranking does, in fact, uh, come to us. I think it's earned, and I'm going to be really excited to see when those come out. Um, our next game is on the road at Rutgers. So that is going to be on Thursday, December 9th at 7 p.m. So we're not going to go um, really in-depth or probably very much at all. Uh, on Rutgers because we'll be recording another podcast midweek to talk about Rutgers. But I just want to talk briefly about the schedule because this is going to be the second game of the Big Ten season, and then we go on uh, a four-game break where we're going to go back to the out-of-conference schedule. Um, we play North Carolina State, we play Butler, Incarnate Word, and then Nichols. Oh, uh, it just says Nichols. Where are you at? I'm on the Purdue Sports website. I'm a Ken Palm. Oh well, the, yeah. I always thought it was Nichols State, too, but this just says Nichols. I, yeah, and you go to their website, and it just says the official website of Nichols Athletics. So maybe maybe they have, like, changed their branding. I don't know, but that's weird. Get this. <laughs> we, well, it is not a state, so they've got me there. Um, but so we've got one Big Ten game left and then four out of conference. So, um, Casey, this isn't the Rutgers of uh, two years ago, is it? You mean last year when we lost at Rutgers? Did we lose? Oh, yeah, we did. Oh, yeah, because they – yeah. Or should we be worried? What are they ranked in Ken Palm? just What is their number?
2: I mean, it's the first. It is the first. I know it's
1: early. It's
2: the first road. There's always slight. Right now on the Ken Palm, they are ranked 99.
1: Okay. So, I mean, it is, a it is like you said, the 85 first road 85% chance of winning.
2: They played Illinois on Friday. Yes. And at Illinois, they lost
1: 86 to. Oof, that is quite uh, the beating. Yeah. So, um, you know, like I said, I just wanted to talk about what we've got coming up. We will be talking about the Rutgers game in our podcast on Wednesday, uh, but I think that's probably going to be just about enough for us today. Uh, We rambled on a little bit. I I had to slam Casey on a couple things that I thought he was wrong on, and I'm glad I got those in.
2: Yeah, apparently if one player performed well in one game, (laughs) I have lost my entire summer.
1: You have. Now, don't don't forget, folks, Casey edits these podcasts, so if none of this is in there, and I will listen tomorrow. I'm going to give you the helium voice. I, w- I will you post on like the website and on Twitter, and uh, I will let you all know what happened while he edited it out. So I just want to keep him honest. I have the
2: honest. Twitter keys, too.
1: I can always change the change the Twitter keys. I can always change the... Tough but fair. <laughs> so, all right, well, we need I think it. We that'll need do We need a parent. It. Yeah, that we know. Now well, that'll do it for us. So for Casey and myself, thank you for listening. Make sure to rate, review, subscribe, send it to your friends, send it to your mother. Do whatever you got to do. Get us some lessons. How Everybody. about
2: them, Boilers?
1: just wonder why that's the rest of the How time I'm on call. How about them number one ranked Boilers? Number one. Let's won. hear that. There we go. All right. Until well, next time, folks. Boiler.